Welcome back to Needles, Hooks, and Dirty Looks podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm Sarah. This is season three, episode 21, Knit versus Crochet Trivia. Dun, dun, dun. Are you ready? <laughs> I probably am not, but we're going to oh. give this a go. Okay. Um, I mean, as far as I, I can't imagine that I'm going to know a lot of these facts here, but I found some interesting ones to quiz you about, about crochet also, which they're just kind of random. And I also don't know if there are things you may or may not know the answer to, but nonetheless, I feel like everybody here is going to get a little education today. Okay. Uh, I feel like we're also going to jump down this rabbit hole and learn some stuff as we do this trivia together. Yeah. Um, so nobody sent us any trivia questions. No. You can't see me, but we're giving you all dirty looks. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, although if you think of any after the fact, like maybe today we trigger something, send it to us. Um, yeah. but um, otherwise, I am gonna start with the last question I have for you first because I found it to be the most interesting. Okay. I, I was really doing some research on this. And first of all, I didn't know that there was a Guinness World Record for the fastest crocheter. Uh, I didn't know that either. <laughs> okay. So then I'm like, well, how do they even calculate this? Um, They calculate it based on how many stitches she was able to fit in a 30-minute time frame. Oh, and as a crocheter, I would like you to guess what do you think that amount of stitches was in a 30-minute time frame? Does it say what kind of stitches they are? I'm thinking even just say it's a chain. Maybe it's just a basic oh. chain. Let's just think the most okay. basic Because that's what I was going to say because there's a difference between, say, like a single crochet and like a treble. <laughs> yes, um, right. The amount of time. I'm going right. to go as basic as it is. It didn't list a okay. stitch. We're going to just pretend it's a chain, which is likely the most basic, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And you said there's, it was 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Mm. I'm trying to think. Gosh, how many, like, seconds? I mean, it's a number that literally blew my mind. So. 15,000. Okay, like, no, I know. You're the, a little overzealous there. 5,113 oh. stitches. Oh, okay. I was trying and to do some did that, math uh, almost oh almost on the anniversary of it that was june 25th of 2005 shout out lisa drenchery you stitching machine uh, <laughs> five thousand i don't even care if it was a basic chain stitch five thousand stitches in half an hour like okay let's just do some quick yeah. math here because i can't even handle it that's 170.5 stitches per minute 170 stitches per minute so that's like how is that even possible because that would be like almost three stitches a second i don't know how it's possible either she i need, must have been to, really I need to see a video of this. We're, we're gonna have to do some follow-up and see if there's like what in the I, world how did they like it, it literally blew me away uh because i i mean i was just doing the math and 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 i just I mean, it takes me like, well, almost a year to make a poncho, and she. I'm like, I don't even know how the yarn didn't just ignite with like, how fast she was going. It's a new survival skill. She can also start a fire as needed. Um. Okay. When do you think the first crochet pattern was written? Hmm. Crochet pattern. Um, 
Do you want me to guess like within a century or like an exact year? Uh, you can guess a year and we'll say okay. plus or minus 10. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll give a window. We'll give a decade. 1620. 1920. Well, it says the croquet didn't really like start until the early 19th century, which would be what the early 1800s. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just really diving down the rabbit hole of crochet today, but that was I'm still hung up on the 5,000 stitches. Like I probably will lose sleep
Huh. And she and they all have really fun names too. I'm not gonna lie, like she's a super fun person, but uh she always posts funny pictures of these alpacas and like them getting their hair cut and like putting sunglasses on them and like they seem like they live really fun lives over there but maybe that's <laughs> the direction we need to venture oh man um yeah so lastly um kind of already went into this answer of this question on my own on accident so that's what i get but last question um I said already that crochet really took up in the early 19th century. Um, what country in the 1820s do you think it was most popular in at that time? France. England. Oh, dang. I am just not good at this. It's okay. You're going to get ready to watch me burn. And lastly, for a fun bonus question, how did crochet help after the Irish potato famine? Did they make potato bags with it? <laughs> that like, is where I thought it was headed to. I'm like, oh, genius. The holes in the bags probably let the little sprouts come through. And like I'm concocting this whole imaginary Irish scenario in my head. Uh, no, they literally crocheted. And that was the only money they had to like keep them from starving to death. They would sell their crocheted items. Um, mm. Yep. And that is what saved a lot of them from dying. So how about that? Man, yeah. Pretty okay. wide array of uh we're chaining eighty some miles, we're saving an entire country from potato famine death. <laughs> we're I mean, just stitching 170 stitches a minute. So it's a wide array of crocheters. So hats off to you, crocheters. Right. Wow. Hmm. Okay, are you ready? I am. I said sure. I'm probably gonna bomb at it, but we're gonna have fun. Right. Well, <laughs> I didn't get a single question right on the last one. Um, okay. Which English king who gave up his throne to marry a divorcee, which I don't know why that makes any difference, but, well, I mean, I guess uh, if you're giving up your throne, um, made Fair Isle pullovers into a fashionable garment in the 1920s? I don't even know if I know any kings. I'm going to throw out, like, a King Arthur because I feel like that's a king maybe. But I don't really know any kings like that. Uh, who? Uh, Edward the Eighth. Edward the Eighth was a Fair Isle knitter, huh? Um, Fair I don't Isle. know if he or was maybe the he knitter, just popularized but popularized it. I say he made the pullovers popular. Okay, well, whoever started that, let's see what it says. With kick in the teeth, because Fair Isle is hard. <laughs> Um, it says it all started in 1921 when a draper named James A. Smith gave the Prince of Wales a pullover with a fair isle pattern from what time Edward wore this pattern on his pullovers to golf matches on overseas tours and even had his portrait painted wearing one. Alice Starmore, the expert on fair isle, said that this or that his adoption of this style was greatly significant in popularizing and commercializing it by the late 1920s most young men at oxford and cambridge universities were wearing cardigans scarves hats and gloves in this pattern fair isle is i've never tried to do it because it just looks like it's way more complicated than stuff i know right now because essentially you're like double knitting the reverse Mm -hmm. of the colors so you're working right. with multiple colors and it's got to be like 
Like, I have a hard enough time making sure the right side of my stuff looks how it should, let alone, like, making sure both sides are reversible and look good. I feel like that's just a lot to worry about. But it's really yeah. pretty. It is very pretty. I've, I've seen it before. And I don't, like, as far as even crochet goes, like, I've been crocheting for a long time. And I don't want to crochet, like, graph stuff <laughs> uh, like i've got a friend in illinois that is a big everything she does is like a, she does nothing but i mean i'm she i shouldn't say it that way she does a lot of things but primarily she does graph cans like crazy cool and good but like then you see her with her like 37 little baby balls of yarn and keeping yeah. all the colors straight and all, uh, mm -mm. i feel like you have to be a different person than the kind of person that I am. Like you have to be a little bit more mentally sound. <laughs> I feel like to do something like that. Cause I would be insane. I feel like you were right on that. You have to have a lot of patience. You can't just, cause all those little things would get tangled up. And like, I feel like it is definitely not, not a phase of life I've reached yet. Right. Maybe in my later um, year. Huh? I said maybe in my later years. Oh, yeah um i yeah it's just it's too cumbersome for me the first time like something gets tangled i'm like all right it's going in the trash <laughs> me too <laughs> throw it away oh man all right are you ready for the next one yes okay woolen grasshopper which is a unique style of both martial arts and knitting in almost every part of the world, the arts of dirk dancing and bata and the styles of Aaron and Fair Isle all come from which area? I feel like we Europe. kind of answered this one in the last question. Is Europe the answer? British Isles. Oh, specifically. Okay. Yeah, we did kind of say, yeah, kind of covered that. Ah, uh, man, those guys are just, just added over there. Uh, which, you know, it's funny because uh, the British diver or swimmer just a few years back, remember, really brought knitting back to some popularity. Mm -hmm. uh, so look at you bringing it back, Britain. Uh, that's interesting. Um, in addition to the knit stitch, what is the second basic knitting stitch? I feel Pearl. like, yes. I was going to say, I feel existence. like you know this one. Because it is literally uh, all things I hate in life. I think you're going to know this one also. Uh-oh. What is the yarn weight that is most often used for socks? Oh, uh, DK? Um, it doesn't... Or sport weight? Fingering weight. Fingering weight. I was close. Uh, no, I wouldn't have guessed that. So what's lighter than fingering weight? Your floss stuff that you use? It has you to be. Filet? Is that the only thing lighter than? Okay. I think so. It has to be. Oh my gosh. Um, what is the name of the famous English knitting expert who was the head designer for patents and became a popular personality through his knitting show on the BBC. Oh, I should know the answer to this, but I don't know his name off the top of my head. I can see him in my head right now. Um, and actually, Patton 
Croy sock yarn is the only sock yarn I've ever bought. But no, I cannot think of his name. James Norberry. Okay. I did not know he made that yarn, though. And I do like that. One of these days, I'm going to finish a pair of socks for you. But the problem is, it takes like six hours to just get the ribbing done. Because that yarn <laughs> is so thin. And then by then, I'm like, F this sock. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh no, no, but then, but then again, you can't really use a larger weight yarn because you're walking. Yeah. On, so you don't want it to be like putting a whole slipper into a shoe. <laughs> Eric's gonna be like, since when did you start wearing a size thirteen shoe? <laughs> <laughs> since I started wearing big socks. <laughs> really thick. They're super warm. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah, it says that he lived from 1904 to 1972 and was devoted devoted to knitting. Okay. Also, um, oh, never mind. I, at first, I thought it said that he was also from the British Isles. I was like, the freaking British Isles. Again. <laughs> British Isles, what is happening over there? No, but it says that uh, one of his books included a book titled Traditional Knitting Patterns from Scandinavia, the British Isles, France, Italy, and other European countries. I feel like it should just say traditional knitting patterns from Europe. <laughs> I feel like that would just cover it better. Um... Yes. I do. So I know everybody here has probably been sick of me um, coughing for the last several weeks. Good news is it went again to the doctor today because at this point I just feel like I'm dying. Um, and I have somehow pulled all of the muscles and ligaments that are in between each of your little ribs there. I didn't know that there was a series of muscles and ligaments there. Now I do because I ripped them all apart. So uh careful if you're coughing you can really physically injure yourself um you know what though good news they're going to come back stronger okay i'm going to just believe you on that (laughs) i don't really feel like it because at this point it is so bad like just even like trying to roll over in bed at night i'm like ah mm." like it's it's the worst um and i felt so stupid going back to the doctor but like i honestly thought that i had maybe like cracked a rib um that happened to my mom before she broke two ribs from coughing so hard uh luckily i think my bones got a little more density to them than mom's did so i mean i told the doctor what i thought was going on i was like i feel really stupid saying this out loud makes me feel even more stupid so please just don't judge me but i'm dying and i don't know what else to do about it she's like no we're gonna get you checked out so did me up some chest x-rays ribs look good all that stuff is shredded to pieces so uh another cool two to three weeks of just hoping it heals okay but I I feel like I should warn some of my customers because like I'll be fine walking into their dock per se but then maybe I make one wrong move and it's like and it kind of scares people because I don't mean (laughs) to be that way um but then what do you say like I'm so sorry customer I haven't been sick I just have really bad allergies so bad that I coughed myself into ripping all the muscles in my rib cage like I I'm feeling pretty pathetic over here like who but I'll tell you, if one more person hits me with welcome to Virginia on this allergy situation, um, I've learned two things about this state thus far. I feel like there are some pretty programmed responses. Like, you know how in our workplace, mm-hmm. uh, if you ask someone how they're doing, you're going to get a couple of responses that are going to sound like live in the dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Hold on a second. You're fine. Sorry. 
the neighbor had the audacity to come home. <laughs> what on earth were they? Thinking? I was like, I know it's nobody here. Who is that? <laughs> but sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so if you ask someone how they're doing, you're gonna hear, uh, I'm living the dream, or I'm here, or well, just another day. Uh, I feel like it's standard issue here in Virginia, like if you mention the word allergies or like, oh, I'm new to this is my first allergy season here, standard issue response. Yeah. Welcome to Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the opposite programmable response. I feel like if you live or work anywhere within a Virginia Beach zip code, um, there's lots of jets there. If you've never been to the eastern coast of Virginia or to Virginia Beach, uh oceana naval air station is there which is like the largest naval air station and it's there is a lot of jets if you like air shows head to the beach it's like an air show every day all day it's crazy and when we first moved here scared me a little bit because they get so low that i thought they were gonna land on the highway in front of me at one point i literally jammed up my brakes in the middle of the highway and i'm sure all of my neighboring vehicles were like what is this ohio girl (laughs) doing get her out of here with these ohio tags um but it's like a programmed response. Anytime I've ever in passing mentioned anything about the Jets, everybody in Virginia Beach has the same response. And I quote, that's the sound of freedom. Mm-hmm. And I, I do love the sound of freedom, but it cracks me up that it's it's literally like, oh, you guys are moving a new business in town. Just so you know, if anybody brings up the Jets, you have to respond with, that's the sound of freedom. <laughs> like I... I feel like it is a standard issued response that someone has put out a bulletin and said, anybody says anything at all about those planes, mind them, it's the sound of freedom. It's like, uh, you know, when like people are going in front of the press or whatever, and they're like, these are your accepted responses. That's exactly what I feel like it is. It's like, (laughs) don't say you don't like it. Don't say they're too loud. Don't say... It's the sound of freedom. That's all you're permitted to <laughs> If respond. you must talk to the media, this is what you're allowed to say. I feel like that's what it is. But it's crazy because um, now that I'm more used to it, of course, it doesn't catch me as off guard. But there are some times when I don't realize I'm that close. And then it'll be like, wow, there it goes and shakes my whole car. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay, we're closer than we thought we were. Look at the map. Um, it is also really cool just to see them all um not as cool lately it's been i don't know i feel like i secretly live in seattle washington because it's just rain it's gonna rain here every day until at least july 5th per the weather channel app yeah uh like horrendous it's just raining all the time um but i don't know i think i don't know if you ever get to come to the beach experience the beach check out the planes it's pretty magical when it's rainy like this though you can't see them everything's cloudy and overcast and so you have no warning they're coming. You'll just be having a conversation with a customer. And then all of a sudden it's so loud. You can't hear you. You can't hear them. Everything is shaking. Uh, it's a little trickier when it's cloudy like this. But but nonetheless, the sound of freedom. So come come to Eastern Virginia and give it a listen. Uh, you know, they say that if you have a lot of rain in the spring and summer, that means you're going to have really pretty leaves in the fall. Okay, I'll take it. So maybe we'll have really pretty leaves this fall. It's weird here because I'm so used to, like, the Midwestern timeline of when the leaves change color and all of that stuff. Um, It's different here, obviously, because of the climate. Um, 
our leaves, our trees had leaves until like December of last year. And then by like March of this year, they were already full blown. Well, when I came home for Easter, beginning of April, we already had full blown trees with green leaves. Like not buds, not sprouting, like full on trees. Yeah. So it's weird here uh, as far as that stuff goes. I got ca- um, like a pod. Um, Calla lilies are bulbs. Mm-hmm. So for Mother's Day, I got this big pot planter thing that had bulbs already. Like literally had to rip off the plastic and water it. And that was it. Yeah. I'm going to have to send you a picture. They are the prettiest stinking flowers. And they're growing wonderfully here. Oh, um, calla lilies are my favorite. My sister's favorite flower. She's got a calla lily tattoo. And that was what she had as her wedding flowers. Uh, these are like a real deep burgundy, almost purplish color. And so pretty but it makes me want to go buy like 12 more of these buckets because literally all the bulbs were already in there with the potting soil and all stuff you just rip the top off and water it and they look so nice there's like i'll send you a picture of them because there's like four or five big ones but like more that are you sprouting up every day you can see it yeah um and i kill everything so the fact that like knock on wood i don't really have an opportunity to kill this because it was pretty pretty fail safe like just rip off the plastic and put some water in it um one of my my favorite flowers are gladiolas and i planted some bulbs when we first moved in here only one of them survived so every year i only have just like one gladiola shoot coming up and i've been meaning to plant new ones but then i always forget and so every year i just have this one purple gladiola oh i love gladiolas you know what they make me think of though you remember the movie drop dead fred I know the movie, but I've never seen it. I'm going to need you to move that to station number one on movies <laughs> you're going to need to see. Okay. Demote all the others. Move <laughs> it to the top. Okay. When did that movie even come out? Because I'll tell you what. I don't know. It's, it is a fantastic movie. I'm very surprised that you have not uh, seen it. It's a cute movie. Like, you would like it. 1991. Okay. Um... It's cute. The little girl has an imaginary friend, but then when she gets older and she's getting ready to go through a divorce and all this stuff, the imaginary friend shows back up because it's like she's in like anxiety panic mode. So there's the imaginary friend back as an adult. And oh, was the imaginary friend like drop dead Fred? A, yeah, but was it like a child when she was a child and now like they're both adults or No, I think it was an adult when she was a child too. Like I think it's the same oh. best friend or you know, imaginary friend that she had. Yeah. Um I had an imaginary friend growing up. I don't know if everybody did. I definitely did. Oddly enough, her name was Sarah. I hmm. don't think that I did, but my sister did and they always had weird names. Like I remember she had one of them, his name was Seatbelt. And another one's name was February. <laughs> February and Seatbelt. Now, Tiff Those were the two I remember the most. Tiff had a slew of imaginary friends, but they were also, like, the ones that always did the bad stuff. Like, Tiff, who broke all your crayons and have... Oh, it wasn't me. It was my imaginary friends. <laughs> um, For me, I don't know what was wrong with me as a kid. Kind of morbid sounding, but my best friend died all the time. My imaginary friend did. And I'd always be like, Mom, you're not going to believe it. It was either her or her parents always dying, like... <laughs> You're not going to believe it. Sarah's parents died today. They were in a car crash. And I mean, I'm talking about I was like four and five years old. Like, who thinks like this is a four and five year old? Clearly, someone has probably experienced too much death. But um, 
I mean, if I think hard enough about it, like, I can distinctly remember exactly what she looked like and all of that. So, I don't know. Like, adult me wonders, was it an imaginary friend or was it maybe, like, a ghost? Like, sensing it, like, I see dead people. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, especially just because of the backup storylines on it seemed a little a little morbid, but who am I to judge? But no, you yeah. should see it. Super cute movie. Um, it's it's like a you know like a little family movie. Nothing like nothing bad. It's cute. Uh, yeah. But man, I've seen it a million times. Like I don't know how you haven't how you haven't seen it. Uh, we just don't have a lot of movies when I was a kid. I guess. I don't know, although, you know, and I know we've touched on this before, like, growing up was not like it was now. We had one TV, and you watched whatever the adults in the house wanted to watch, because it was their mm-hmm. TV, so. Yeah, that's how we was. My parents wasn't watching Disney movies No, no. <laughs> Shoot, I was just telling Jeff that the other day, like, the movie Fire in the Sky really scarred me as a child, because I don't know why, but my parents took us to see it in the movie theater as if uh that was a child movie yeah. it came out in 1993 so i would have been like eight yeah eight. they were like we can't afford a movie popcorn and a babysitter so you're just going to have to come with us i don't know if you've seen that movie or not probably not it was if i wouldn't watch it if i were you it's i haven't it's seen it but it's well it's, it's the guy story and it's traumatizing who is abducted right didn't yes. write a book and then they made a movie yeah uh, yeah, I I know the story, but I've never seen the movie. Well, if you're ever feeling froggy, give it a watch. But it is like a you wouldn't enjoy it. I'm not going to even recommend that to you. Do not give it a watch. No, Anxiety, probably nightmares. Like, don't do it. <laughs> but then imagine being like, yeah, it looks like it's cool for my eight year old child. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I we got on the subject of that the other day because I was talking about movies that traumatized us, and that was definitely one for me. Um. Uh, some of the Freddy Krueger movies really scared me. Um, I never really watched horror movies, but the movie that I would say probably traumatized me the most was The Last of the Mohicans. We had oh. to watch that movie in seventh grade, and I was the only kid in class just bawling like a baby in class to the mm-hmm. point where, like, I they gave me a pass to not have to watch any of the historical movies that they played in history class i was always just really sensitive to like mistreatment of people and stuff so they would always like let me just go to the library and just write a paper on whatever the event was without having to watch the movie like they watched the movie can't think now what the movie was uh civil war movie it's got matthew broderick in it Oh, um, I don't remember. Yep, I know what you're talking about. What it was, um, but it had like a lot of like depictions of like slavery and that kind of stuff. And like, I cannot handle that. I cannot handle people in any kind of distress, agony, crying, anything. Like, it really just works me up, and I can't. And so, and then we watched the movie. Was it? Was it the Crucible? With the Salem witch trials. Oh. And they were like, you know, hanging like the teenagers and stuff who were accused of witchcraft and everything. Like, I couldn't watch that either. 
And so, like, it eventually just got to the point where they're like, Sarah has a literal mental breakdown every time we watch one of these movies. Like, no no more. Like, the school counselor and everybody was like, you're done. You are done watching these movies. Because really, like, it just, like, left me embarrassed, too. Because here I am just having, like, a complete, like, emotional breakdown. And everybody else in class is like, what is wrong with her? (laughs) And I'm, like, just sobbing and can't catch my breath and like I mean like hyperventilating and this was a really hard one for me we watched that in school which one was it Schindler's List oh I've never watched that movie and I'm I'm not gonna watch it yeah I'm not gonna watch Uh, it that one was really hard because then that year we also went to the Holocaust Museum yeah and it is like walking through a funeral I mean it's just so sad and yeah. that one really got us, but had of course like we were in we were in high school, we were juniors in high school, so of course they have to like warn all the kids like about going to the museum. There will be no giggling, there is no laughter. You are not. This is not a fun place. Like right. Um, and luckily we had a pretty good group of kids. Like nobody acted a fool there, or I probably good. would. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. I'm like you. I get. I'm just, I don't know, like, I used to not believe in, like, empaths and things like that, but I truly feel other people's emotions, whether I know them or not. I could be Mm -hmm. watching a stupid video. Oh, my gosh. The soldiers, like, coming home and surprising their kids at school or those kind of me bawling like a baby. Like, I cannot handle any of that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's horrendous, but... But, well, at least your school was good and gave you a pass like that, yeah. though. To just I say, I'm... You recognize this is a situation. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah, they were, like... They they were really, like, afraid they were just going to just mentally scar me for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I remember my teacher, Mr. Rash, he... It was his first year teaching, also. And, like, he pulled me out into the hallway, and he was like, I am really sorry. I do not know what to say. He was like, I'm, you know, it's... It shows good character that, like, you're bothered by this kind of stuff because you should be bothered by it. But he was like, but we're going to have to come up with something for you because he was like, you're going to be damaged (laughs) if we keep doing this. And he was like, but, you know, you seem to be the only one having the problem here. But... So he was like, if you want to just go to the library when we're watching these movies and you just want to write up a report or something, he's like, that's fine. I'll take that, you know, as participation. That is hilarious. But Um, yeah, any kind of human suffering, like I I can't do it. Well, I'm going to make some human suffering on the Dirty Look of the Week this week to the person who invented Pretty Litter. Oh, okay. um, Since we've had these cats August of last year, uh mm-hmm. we've been using like standard issue like clay based cat litter and a giant jug from Sam's Club. Cool. Mm-hmm. No big deal. But I was reading up on pretty litter and a lot of good benefits. You you can tell if it's a certain color, there might be something wrong with your cat. Um the cat urine doesn't clump up in like giant clumps, it just dissolves into these little crystals. Magical. Great, mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah, so we ordered it and Today's day two of having it in the boxes. And no less than, I would say, 15 times, each cat has scratched every single crystal of litter out of the box onto the floor. Oh, no. Johnny looked like cocaine cat yesterday. <laughs> she, 
was like trying to eat it and i mean i read it it's safe it's not toxic it's whatever but like she looked up and like all around her lips and nose and whiskers was just white crystals oh um and furthermore everybody swore to me because i I put it out on facebook first who uses pretty litter give me your feedback good bad whatever everybody's like it's less tracking it doesn't make as much of a mess so aside from them like i said full-on digging for gold and making a mountain of litter outside of the box um it's like sand and so their litter boxes are in the back bathroom upstairs and i can't handle it i've swept that bathroom probably 50 times in two days oh and when you walk in there it sounds like someone has sprinkled sand all over the floor oh no and it's like crunch crunch scrape crunch and i don't know and this litter was not cheap no it's not and um, i've never used it it but i've seen it i was going what do you use regular clay litter yeah, just tidy cats. That's what we were using before, and that's what I told Jeff. I think we're just gonna have to go back to because, <laughs> right. like, I can't do this. It's, it's horrific, and I don't know. Maybe if we had started them on this litter, like when they were kittens, like maybe it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But because they've had a year of the other kind, and now we switched them to this, it's, it's horrific. Like it's just a sandbox at this point. Like they're just playing. In that's it. exactly what it's. It's exactly what it's like, and <laughs> like. Yesterday I heard him digging. I'm like, you're you're still in there. It sounds like you're come on, you're gotta be done by now. Like <laughs> walk in there and I kid you not, like the litter box is completely empty, and then like there sits a pile of litter beside it. But Johnny oh. with the freaking I mean, just crystals all over her face and just like looked up like she exhausted, <laughs> like, what? You don't see me this cat litter. Um <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. So I don't know. So dirty look goes to you, pretty litter people. Sucked me right into the lie with you. I'm what like, if you got one of those litter boxes that has the hood over it? Would that help from well, keeping them so from kicking it out? Maybe, but oh, they have like a little hood lip thing on their boxes now. It's not like a fully enclosed thing. Mm-hmm. But the problem is they kick it out like from the side. Like it's not like they're kicking it out from the top. It's like like they don't even go in the box. They sit oh. on the on the outside of the box. Oh. They reach their front two paws in and dig like they're a dog digging for their buried bone. Oh. Um, to where all you yeah. like. I feel like you're going to maybe have to go back to Tidy Cats. I already told Jeff that today, actually. I'm not even like, sure I don't know if we were going to I literally don't know what to do. Um, but I am going to write Pretty Litter and say, here are all the things I wish you would have told me. That it sounds like sandy grit all over my entire bathroom floor. It is not less tracking than regular clay litter. I wish you would have told me my cat wants to huff it like it's cocaine. <laughs> it was kind of a scary sight to see. And I had to do like get like poison control. Is this safe? It is. It's totally safe. No big deal. Uh, but there's a lot of things I wish they would have told me before I invested in this freaking pretty litter. And, of course, on the bag, they're like, oh, this bag's two months' worth of litter. Nah, bro, we're two days in, and I'm about done with it. Yeah. And it sucks when, like, I wish they would have maybe had, like, a sample pack or something that you could have tried first before investing the money Yeah, on a full bag of it. Because it's not cheap. All in, then. All in. We're just no, no half in. It's all in. <laughs> um... Another thing I would like to give a dirty look to, and then I promise I'm done with all the negativity. Uh, Facebook is who I'm giving a dirty look to. Because why is it that, like, five years ago I posted something in a group that I'm in 
But somehow just this past week, like people have uncovered this post again. And there's a lot of people like posting on their sending hugs and prayers and I want to be like it was five <laughs> years ago. I have no so idea. I'm totally fine now. It was five years what ago. What in the world? I don't know. But actually it was a post about when mom got diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. And that I wasn't it was in a in my family group. Uh and I wasn't really like posting it out to the rest of the world yet. But I keep getting comments now that are like, I'm so sorry, hugs and prayers, sister. <laughs> to you and i'm like what is that what is she saying <laughs> and then i'll click and be like oh my god it's uh yeah it's it's from five years ago oh lastly I'll, I'll leave you with this too um you know that my sister just always has crazy things happening mm-hmm. uh for those that don't know my sister's a nurse and so i get a message today she's on her way to work tonight she works night shift and a quote I just took care of a gunshot victim on the side of the highway in the pouring down rain. And if that's any indication of how my night is going to go, I don't want it. (sighs) So I'm like, uh, what? And then she started sending me the links uh, from the local sheriff pages and news pages saying like, police are responding to a man with a gunshot wound on the main street exit of this highway. Um... Yep, they were, I guess there was two guys, like, standing in the road trying to flag cars down, and she said when he drove past, when she was driving by, they were, like, trying to flag people down, and the guy was, like, laying half in the roadway, just bleeding. Oh, no. And she said it was pouring down rain, so she's like, I got out of the car, I tell them to help me, like, drag him out of the roadway, you know, we've called 911, I'm holding his head in my lap, sitting on the ground in my scrubs in the pouring down rain. Um... And then she still has to go in tonight and work 12 hours. No, you know what I probably would have done? Called off. That's <laughs> probably what I would have done. Well, I mean, like, I've had enough nursing today. Yeah, turns out that was enough for me. Right, um, I am done today. Well, she's charge nurse, or she probably would have, So, but she can't. Yeah. But last night, she said that it was a really rough night also. And she's like, yeah, we had a lot of admissions. And the last admission had to be intubated within seven minutes of being admitted. Then they were being intubated. Oh. And does she work in an emergency room? Um, she does not. Um, oh, so these are just <laughs> okay. She works on because like... I didn't think that she did. No, but she works on like a critical, I don't, I wouldn't say ICU, but maybe just a shade under that type of floor unit. Oh, okay. Um, and so she gets a wide array of, um, could be anything really, could be anything. Oh. Because I was like, why is there so much activity? <laughs> yeah, like a, um, like a critical care unit. So, you know, um, and go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say a lot of times when they don't have beds, like in any of the other units, hers is kind of like a default. Hey, you've got a bed. We're going to bring you this person. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So she's just saving gunshot victims on the side of the road and then going to go work a full shift. I don't want to be a nurse just because, like, it's a lot of responsibility that I don't want. But you know what I do want to be? Like, the insurance taker in an emergency room, preferably working Friday and Saturday nights. Like, if ever one day, like, I feel like the trucking industry is not for me I think think that's what I'm going to do because I feel um my my other sister did that for a few years Mm -hmm. and 
she saw a lot of action. She worked a night shift. Yeah. Used to come up with the funniest freaking stories that she would come up with. <laughs> I feel like it would just be like just a crazy time and just to see the kind of stuff that comes in. Because you get like the drunk people and you know what I mean? Like the, oh. but, but like I don't want to be responsible for any of, just get to of like that. <laughs> go down. Right. I just, I just want to be a part of it without being a part of it. Patient one time come in via squad uh, or emergency ambulance, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. to the emergency room. And they were real full. And since he wasn't like, it wasn't truly an emergency, he had some stomach pains and had like been vomiting or something. Called the squad for that. Mm-hmm. Gets to the hospital. It's finally his turn. The doctor calls him out, you know. XYZ and he's not there and they can't find him. It's because he was at the vending machine getting chips and a pop. And the doctor's like, wait a minute. The guy that just came in by squad for stomach pains and vomiting is getting a Mountain Dew and <laughs> vending machine. And yep, that is exactly how it went down. So I feel like it would just be tons of scenarios like that that would be a super great like people watching scene i feel like that or being like the booking person in like a county jail or something oh i feel like you know where it's at too right i turn to the left turn to the right <laughs> you know Get I mean? tank, right like that's all i want to do like i just i just want to like witness it exactly. without having to actually deal with it <laughs> yes. yes oh my gosh that's hilarious well, if you've made it with us this far, we would love to hear what your, uh, if you had to quit your job today, what would be your ideal random job? Obviously not for like an income. We're talking about, suppose you hit it big as a bajillionaire and you just got to pick something you wanted to do part-time. Uh, <laughs> right. What's the job for fun that you want to do? Sarah is working at Joanne Fabrics part-time and also doing part-time intake at the jail. Or I feel like I would be a part-time cake decorator. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know from there what else I would really do, to be honest. But I've always thought private cake Private investigator. Or private investigator is definitely words. I feel like we all missed our calling on that. <laughs> I do, too. I was talking to one of our ops guys last week, and he said, I said something about, well, if you need me to look anything up, I'll find the info. And he was like, well, what do you mean? How would you find it? And I was like, well, that's not relevant but i'm just telling <laughs> as a private investigator i'll be able to hunt it down and he was like god you sound just like my wife and i was like well how old's your wife because let me tell you something once you hit about the age of 35 i feel like it's just a talent that like has been lying dormant this whole time you hit about the 35 mark and all of a sudden you can find dirt on anyone you've ever imagined mm-hmm. um well this is gonna sound a little stalkerish but we have a neighbor across the street that i think i want to try to set my mother-in-law up with um <laughs> and i couldn't even tell you his name until the other day but uh we were just talking to her and i was like man the neighbor dude he's across the street i don't ever see him with a lady he's like your age he holds down a good job because he's always dressed in like he and i leave at the same time in the morning a lot of times he always has on like a button down and a tie and whatever but uh within a matter of minutes i had dude's name i could tell you when he bought that house how much he bought it for what his property taxes were like the the whole deal and mm-hmm. Just mom's like, how did she find all that? He's like, I don't know, mom. It's just what she does. <laughs> uh, so, as to look up any dirt on uh, anybody, hit us up. You can find us as per usual. Uh, our social medias are all the same at Needle60L. 
or you can email us. It is spelled all the way out, needles, hooks, and dirty looks at gmail.com. Or you can join our Facebook group, uh, Needles, Hooks, and Dirty Looks Podcast, Year Long Stitchathon, which, by the way, Facebook, I would like you to get a real life because I got a notification last week that they gave me, uh, a like, whatever the fan badges are for our group. I got a number one. <laughs> Since we created the group, I feel like recognized not to give us those badges like oh hey she's the originator we should of course she's a big fan it's her group um right so if you see my uh number one fan badge in there don't be jealous uh it's a fun place to be so join us there or head us up on social or join us here next week we'll be here yep bye, bye.